Let's turn together to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25, uh, page 830 of your church Bibles. And we'll be looking at verses 1 through 13 this morning. So we're still uh, in this, this section of, of Matthew's Gospel known as uh, the Olivet Discourse. It's uh, the last week of Jesus' life. Uh, his, uh, his disciples have come around. He, you'll remember uh, back at the beginning of this discourse, uh, he had just finished speaking to uh, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees in the temple. Uh, he then, uh, as he's leaving the temple, the disciples come to him and, and say, look at how wonderful and, and glorious uh, the temple is. Isn't it, isn't it an incredible place? Uh, and Jesus uh, says to them, uh, you know, there, there's not going to be one stone left uh, when all is said and done. And they, they come to him and they've asked him this, the question, well, when are these things going, going to happen? Uh, and what's going to be uh, the signs? And, and we've been looking at the last few weeks Jesus' answer to that. Uh, and now we, we hear him punctuate uh, the things he's, he's taught them uh, with these, these three parables. And we're going to look at the first one today. Uh, from Matthew 25, uh, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 13. And this is God's word. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for, you, for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were, read, were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Again, the grass withers, the flower fades. The word of the Lord stands forevermore. Uh, In the mid-1930s, there was... uh, only about just about one man who who was saying that that Adolf Hitler was dangerous, uh, that he was rearming Germany and, and preparing uh, his nation for war. Just about everyone else uh, didn't want to hear it. At least in the political world, they they longed to maintain uh, peace, and so they they put their dr- trust in in the the German Führer and, and accused his critics of warmongering. But this one man, Winston Churchill, had, had done his, his homework. He'd done his research. He'd read uh, Mein Kampf, the, the manifesto that, that Hitler had written uh, from prison. Churchill knew what he was doing. He was prepared for what would, what would come. In our, in our own day, most, most people, even uh, many in the church, don't want to hear about the Day of Judgment, do they? We long to, to, to keep getting away with whatever it is we're doing. We long to think that, that everyone will be equally accepted before God. We don't want to, to take him uh, at the plain reading of his word. But what Jesus has been teaching his disciples in, in this discourse is that, that his return will be a day of both joy and judgment. That a day is coming where, where when Christ returns, and we, again, don't know when that day will be, 
It'll be both the day of joy and judgment. And that actually makes logical sense when you, when you stop and think about it. If you think about the, the character of, of God, uh, what would you expect? Would you expect a good God, a righteous and holy God, to treat both, both good and evil the same? Absolutely not. And so Jesus here is, is being gracious to us and teaching us about, about the day of his return and preparing us for that. So Jesus punctuates, again, his teaching uh, that he's been, been sharing with his disciples with these three parables that we're going to look at over the next uh, three weeks. Uh, and because of the subject matter, these, these parables actually, they, they have a real edge to them. I think they're both engaging as well as soul-searching. I think we should be, uh, to a certain extent, uh, a little bit disturbed by what we read here. These parables should cause us to, to stop and look soberly and carefully at our own hearts and lives. That we should be asking ourselves, are we truly prepared for the return of Christ Jesus as King in both power and glory? You see, the parable we're presented with this morning is, is simply a calling to be watchful and faithful. It's a, it's a calling actually to, to grow in true faith, to not be satisfied with, with merely believing, but to be transformed by the gospel and so transformed by it that we, that we endure to the end. Jesus shows us what that looks like in this, this parable of the ten virgins or the ten young bridesmaids. And there's three things for us to see this morning. First of all, we'll see that uh, the church is at all times a, a mixture of both faithful and false. Secondly, we'll see that wisdom calls us to prepare our hearts like we prepare our lamps. And third, we'll see that the value of true faith will be revealed when Christ returns. So first, let's see that the, the church in all times is a mixture of both the faithful and the false. Jesus sets, up, uh, sets us up with these, these two categories of people in verses 1 through 4, doesn't he? He paints a, a vivid picture. He says, he says verse, verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. Uh, now here's why I, and, and I think really most, most people, most commentators, believe that, that this is, is really uh, a parable about the church in the last days. And you'll remember the last days are, are simply those days that, that, that fall between uh, the ascension of Jesus and, and, and his return. But Jesus is talking about uh, the church, I believe, because he's, he's talking about the same group of people, isn't he? He presents us really with, with, one, with one group of people, a, a group of people who claim to belong to the bridegroom, a people who are preparing for the arrival of, of the bridegroom, and they're there to, to serve him and to, to celebrate him when he arrives. And there's, there's ten of them. And they all uh, are presented on equal terms, ten virgins uh, with their <coughs> lamps. And to, to describe them as virgins is, is simply an ancient way of saying that that these were these were young women, uh, they were they were ten bridesmaids. I'll just refer to them as as that for the rest of the sermon. But then, uh, but we but we come to this this seemingly minor thing, uh, a seemingly imperceptible difference between these two groups, or well within this one group really. Uh, five are wise and, and five are foolish. Uh, Jesus is using these this. Uh, intellectual category to describe actually their their moral state. That's what a that's what a parable does. But the the five the, the five wise bridesmaids were the ones who were who were prepared for anything, weren't they? They they took 
with the extra oil for their lamps, uh, just in case. The foolish bridesmaids, on, on the other hand, are the ones who just, who just grab their lamps and, and out they go. They don't consider what, what might happen in, over the course of the evening. It's kind of like when I haven't looked at the weather, uh, but I need to get out and I, I glance outside and it's sunny and I'm in a hurry, so I just, I just run out the door. I forget the, the, the simple common sense fact that, that I live in England, right? And it could rain at any moment. You know, often I'm, I get caught out, I get wet because I'm not prepared. I'm a, I'm a foolish Londoner. You know, the foolish bridesmaids didn't understand the times that they lived in. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, the danger with parables like these is, is reading too much into them, or it, but, but the other danger is not reading enough to apply them. So let's, let's be careful as we move forward here this morning. Jesus is talking about the church. And he's, he's saying that in the church, in, in, in every era, uh, throughout history, that there's going to be a mixture of people who are both prepared for him and people who, who look the part but aren't actually his followers. They don't actually know him. That's the, the bottom line of this parable. It challenges us to examine our own hearts, doesn't it? It warns us that simply sitting in this room this morning uh, isn't, isn't enough to, to be prepared for his coming. That, that simply the, the outward, uh, outwardly moral-looking people who, who carry a Bible around, sitting in this room, coming to church, it's not enough to, to actually be prepared for, for his coming. And this shouldn't actually surprise us, should it? If we remember back to Matthew 13, he tells uh, the parable of the, the wheat and the tares, where a, a farmer plants his wheat, and then later on en- an enemy comes and, and plants uh, weeds in amongst the, the wheat, the, the good crop. And to, to go in and, and pull out that, that, the, the, those weeds, the tares, would do so much damage to the good crop that, that he, he, the farmer has to leave the wheat and he has to leave the weeds and he has to allow the two to intermingle together until the harvest comes and they can be separated out. It's a very similar lesson to this one. But are, what are we meant to do with this lesson? How do we, how do we see this in our, in our own church, in our own time? And, and uh, in our circles, I think this is actually a, a warning against what I'll call hyper-evangelicalism. The idea that all you need to do is just simply pray the sinner's prayer. That all you need is, is the Christian experience. You, you know, do, you, do you just feel close to God? Did you feel the spirit this morning when you were at church? It's like saying, uh, it's like saying all you need is, is your, just to have your lamp. Just turn up and carry your lamp. Jesus says here that what, what you need is, is the Christian experience. That you, you need faith, genuine faith, as well as Christian endurance. Faith that transforms Faith that carries us. In other words, grace is, is sufficient for us. But we have to, the, the sign of that grace at work in us is that we grow in that grace. And we have to grow in it if we expect to see the kingdom. Dale Bruner summarizes it this way He says, A, a mindless coziness with the Lord and feelings of warm devotion toward Him are dangerous if we think they substitute for obedience to Jesus' ethics. In other words, what Bruner's saying is faith without works is dead. Jesus is saying faith without preparation and endurance 
is dead. Faith without growth and grace and holiness is dead. You see, the wise bridesmaids point us to a faith that understands the last days and therefore calls us to, to be disciplined in the ways of Christ. To always be prepared and looking for his return, but, but, but also waiting and, and expecting that also to, to potentially take a long time. Remember a few weeks ago when we talked about the woes to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the ministers of the Jews. We said that, that one of the, the great evils of their day was that they were, they were found engaging in, in, uh, in false worship when Jesus came the first time. And one of the, the warnings that, that Jesus gives, the lesson was to, to warn us against being found in false worship when Christ comes again. He's saying to, to be prepared. The, the calling of wisdom is a, is a calling to know our own hearts and to discern the times in which we live. It's a calling to put away sinfulness and, and be obedient to Christ's commands. To grow in true righteousness, not through, not through legalistic obedience, but through knowing our Savior more and more and being transformed by, by his likeness more and more to anticipate his coming so that we're, we're preparing ourselves according to his word. We have to bring our, our whole selves under, under the reign of Christ. Our thoughts, our words, our feelings and emotions, and of course our deeds. So that's the, that's the message of the wise bridesmaids. They had a, a true affection for the bridegroom. They longed for him to come, and, and they prepared because, because they didn't know when that was going to be. And they didn't want anything to stand in the way or to hinder them from being with him when he arrived. See, that's the, that's the heart behind this, isn't it? We could just simply say, oh, well, you know, uh, how, what, what's, what's the, the extra oil for our lamp? Is it, is it reading our Bibles every day? Is it going to church every day? Is it, is it praying enough? Well, well no. The, the, the oil of our lamps is, is actually the heart that, that longs for the king to come, that longs for our bridegroom to arrive. And, it puts our li- and so we, we put our lives in order in such a way that, that prepares us and helps us to endure his, until he comes. We order our lives around this this single purpose. It's a subtle difference. I think, I think Jesus captures the, the subtlety here. Uh, there was a, it was a small thing that separated the, the wise from the foolish, wasn't it? It's, it, it was almost imperceptible at the beginning of the night. Uh, five of them grabbed their lamps and, and went out. Five of them grabbed their lamps and, and a bit of extra oil probably imperceptible. You know, we're, we're talking about the difference between, and, and, and I think that, 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 that this, this uh, difference is, is true in the church today, isn't it? You know, it's hard for us to, to look out. You know, I, I can't look out and see into to the hearts of every person here this morning. But what we're talking about is the difference between loving obedience to Christ and simply being excited about and inspired by him. We're talking about the difference between keeping the law because we think we can, because we think we can, you know, a, a legalism, and obedience out of love, knowing God's law is good for us. That, that's the difference that we're seeing in this this parable. It, 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 there, there's so many 
different ways of looking at it and understanding it. There's so much deep truth here. But the calling of the, of the, the Christian life is to, to not just believe in Christ, but to so love him and so order our desire to, to be with him and so long for him to come that we bring everything else in our lives into conformity with the single purpose in order to be ready for our Savior to come for us. The church in every age will have both both wise and, and foolish, the faithful and the unfaithful. Our second point this morning is that actually wisdom calls us to prepare our hearts the way that, that the virgins prepared their lamps. Did you notice the, the real problem here? Did you see what, what caught out the foolish bridesmaids? It was an issue of timing, wasn't it? Look back at 5 through 10. Uh, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in, with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Now this is where, where things get really clever and Jesus is incredibly clever, isn't he? The parable actually serves as a, a warning particularly to those who think he's coming soon. Right? It's a reminder that we don't, we don't actually know the day or the hour. I think actually we can, we can see this both as, as a warning to, to those who think he's going to come soon and those who think it's going to be a long way from now. The foolish bridesmaids thought that the bridegroom was coming soon, so they, they didn't prepare. They didn't bring any extra oil for their lamps. But then he was delayed, wasn't he? Uh, actually, I think it's kind of nice that the bridegroom was, was delayed for a change. Usually the stereotype is it's, it's the bride, right? Bride's always late. Ah, oh. But no, the bridegroom turns up late this time. It's a nice twist. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's entitled to be late, isn't he? It's his party. But because the, the foolish bridesmaids thought he was going to, to come on, on their timeline, they didn't prepare. And so they, they ran out of oil in their lamps. They weren't going to be able to, to see, to get to, the, to, to get to the bridegroom and to, to get to the party with him. And they asked the, the wise for some oil, but they, the, the wise have enough oil for themselves. They can't, they can't offer any. And so by the time the foolish bridesmaids go out and, and put themselves in order for the bridegroom, he's already passed them by. It's a tragic picture, isn't it? And it only gets worse in the next bit, but we'll come to that in a moment. The, the warning to us is not simply to, to prepare, but it's for us to, to recognize that, that each of us is, is individually responsible to prepare ourselves for the coming Christ. As your, as your minister, I'm here to help. You know, your fellow church members are, are here to help. But no one can prepare you properly unless you prepare yourself. And so how should we be prepared? Jesus says, be ready for anything. He says, prepare for his coming like it's, like it's going to be a while. But anticipate it like it could be this very moment. What happens if we assume it's going to be uh, a long time from now without believing with all of our hearts that it could be at any moment? I think we get lazy, don't we? 
We, we become secular, right? It doesn't really matter how we live. Jesus isn't, isn't coming for a while. You start hearing people say things like, uh, you know, uh, I can get my heart right later because Jesus' coming is, is far off. Or it's been so long since Jesus came the first time. Are we, are we really sure he's coming again? I can live how I like today. I can embrace the comforts of the world. I can compromise with the culture because Jesus isn't, isn't coming for a while. Jesus doesn't, doesn't make this application as explicit, but it's, it's a natural implication, isn't it? When we look at the, the wise bridesmaids, see, they, they not only th- expected it to take a while, they were, op- they, were, they were open to that possibility that it would take a while, but they were also ready for him to come at any moment, weren't they? That's, that's the lesson. Expected at any moment. Could be this moment. Or it could be, could be a while. What does wisdom teach us here? The, the wise bridesmaids were ready for the, the imminent arrival of the bridegroom. But they were also prepared to endure for as long as it took for him to arrive. They were unfazed by the delay when the delay happened because they were, they were really and truly ready. You see, the hard issue the, uh, is that the foolish were, were so focused on, on the external that they, they didn't fully prepare, did they? You know, why, why didn't they grab that bit of extra oil? Because, who knows, maybe they were, they were making sure that those last strands of hair were just in the right place to put it in a monitor. You know, uh, they, were, they were distracted by something. They thought they were ready, but they'd not prepared their hearts properly. So what about you and I? Are you are you ready? That's the question we're we're meant to ask, isn't it? It's the question we were asked last week, and it's the question we're probably going to be asked over over the next couple of weeks, really. Are you ready as though he's coming this very afternoon? But are you prepared for the long wait? Jesus says, get ready. Now third and lastly this morning, Jesus points us to the, to the fact that the, the value of true faith will be revealed when Christ returns. Look, look back again at, well, let's go back to, to verse 10 uh, through 13. And while they were going, that's the foolish bridesmaids, uh, to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the ma- marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The foolish virgins desperately run off to to try and put in place the things that they should have already had in place, the things that they had neglected. They turn up late to the party. And they, they knock at the door they can see through the, the cracks, the, the, the warm glow of the light. They can hear the, the laughter and the, the joy of the celebration. And then they hear the, the damning words, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. It's tragic, isn't it? They're, they're so close that they were separated from, from the joy of the kingdom. And this is where the, the parable cuts deep, doesn't it? How does judgment or, or exclusion change how we understand uh, the Christian life and the Christian faith? Many people don't want to understand it in this way. And that's Jesus' whole point. That's the warning in his conclusion in verse 13. He's, he's coming. Be ready. And he's, 
he's not going to be universal when he comes. He's going to, there's going to be judging. There'll be judgment. And the truth is that if we don't, if we don't value the bridegroom properly, then we won't endure like the wise bridesmaids. We'll be left out like the, the foolish bridesmaids. We hear the damning judgment of the foolish and, and unprepared, don't we? But what we shouldn't gloss over is, is the joy of the wise and the prepared. I think Jesus is, is showing how at, at his return we'll be, we'll be swept up with the joy of the celebration. You know, the, the focus of the, the narrative was on, on the foolish, wasn't it? Because they're going out and they're running around and they're trying to, to find an open shop. And once they find an open shop, they're trying to, to find the money and, and get that out and, and, and get the, the oil. And then they get their lamps trimmed and lit. And then they, they find their way to the party. In the meantime, the ones who were prepared, the ones who valued the bridegroom, they didn't miss a beat, did they? The bridegroom came and off they went. That's the joy of being ready. There's no anxiety. There's no running about trying to get things in order after it was too late. They're simply swept up in the joy of the coming of the bridegroom. They're caught up in the celebration of the coming of the one that their hearts had longed for. And see, that's the value of true faith. A faith that, that transforms, a faith that endures. It's a faith that allows the Word of God to, to shape us and, and it allows His Holy Spirit to, to transform us and to, to work a, a real and true holiness in us. That more and more we'd be, we'd be we, we, the, the bride waiting on the bridegroom. We shouldn't neglect our preparation for the coming of Christ the King, should we? Yeah, we saw yesterday the result of, of months and, and really years of planning for the coronation of, of King Charles III. It was, it was quite ornate, wasn't it? It was quite a celebration. Uh, it took years of anticipation and, and months of preparation. Jesus says that, that when it comes to his coronation, the celebration of him, will, uh, of him who will reign over all creation for all eternity. But when it comes to that celebration, we have to be stand, steadfast in our preparation and constant in our preparation. Christ calls us to be ready for a day that is coming, though we, we, it's not yet in the diary, it's not on the calendar as far as we know. We don't know when the bank holiday is going to happen. But Christ says it is. So it's a stark warning and it's a, and it's a beautiful promise. And often I think like, like Churchill crying out the truth about Hitler we can sometimes feel isolated and alone like he did, can't we? But because we have the word of God and the, the very words of Jesus, because we know that God is a God who always keeps his promises, that Christ is a Savior who always comes through, that we can be certain of what to expect in the future, and we must be wise in our preparation for Jesus to come at any moment, and because we know neither the day nor the hour. Let us pray.